I'm Shelly. And I'm Kim. And this is Translating ADHD. Before we get started this week, quick announcement. Our next group coaching course, which will be on Project X, is going to begin Wednesday, April 13th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. All of the details are on the website, translatingadhd.com slash group coaching. If you're interested in applying for this group, we do encourage you to apply early as our groups have been filling more quickly the last couple of times. So if you know you want to join, go ahead and get that application in. That doesn't obligate you to join the group. You have the opportunity to be at choice when we extend an invitation to you. So get the application in now so that you have the opportunity to be in the group. And again, if something changes, you have the opportunity to be a choice down the line. So Cam, what are we talking about today? You know, it's been a bit of a downer around here in the offices of translating ADHD because we've been doing these big signal negative emotions, blame and shame and rejection, the fear center of the brain. It's been necessary because those are in play We have to look at emotion when we're looking at trying to get things done, trying to have agency in our lives. So we're going to flip over into the positive emotion arena starting this week. And the working title for today is starting to open the door to positive emotions. And as we do that, we have a sort of a running list of a few of these emotions. And the one at the top of the list is hope. We talked about in the last couple of weeks around not having hope and the absence of hope. So how do you foster hope and open the door to other really significant emotions that come into play to create the change that you want to create? So it goes without saying that it's pretty tough to have agency or create change around the areas you want to have change without hope. So We're going to share today what that looks like. Where do you start? How do you instill hope? And then make space for these other emotions like curiosity, empathy, and gratitude. I want to start by actually reading a letter. And so listeners, it could be considered like a pat on our back, like, oh, here's a letter from a listener where we've made a difference. That's not the intention at all here. The intention is to elicit your emotional response to this letter. Listen to this letter and notice your own emotional response as you hear this, okay? So this comes from Sarah R. And again, it's really her sharing with us her gratitude in being able to find this podcast. Hi, Cam and Shelly. I wanted to reach out and say a big thank you for doing the show. It can be so hard to find real help with living with ADHD among all the unhelpful or even harmful advice. I started listening to the show in February of last year, driving home from a trip. I asked Google to play me a podcast about ADHD, and it pulled up your show. It is not hyperbole to say I immediately recognized that your show was different than many things I've tried. It sounded like something that might actually help me versus organizational tips that work for a couple of weeks. I started listening to it on my commute and shared it with my brother, who I'd been trying to convince to get tested for ADHD. He listened to a few episodes and then shared it with my dad, who was very quickly all about your show. 
I've been talking to my dad about the likelihood that he had ADHD, but it was this long process because of all the misinformation about ADHD. But when he listened to the show, it gave him insight, looking back on his life experiences, all the way to very young childhood. And he's found it very helpful in making changes that improve his life. That's what I want to thank you for. Your show has been a good resource for me, but I love that I'll be talking to my dad about an issue I'm working through. And he'll say, what would Cam and Shelly say? I'm really happy that I introduced him to something that's helped him so much. And I wanted to share with you that what you put out into the world with this podcast can have a huge gift to people you'll probably never even meet. And in this case, has even become something very meaningful shared within a family. Thanks, Sarah R. So Sarah, thank you for that. And listeners, as you're hearing this, what emotions is it eliciting for you? So this is where we're starting today is opening the door to these more nuanced emotions. It's not the big signal necessarily. Curiosity and empathy, hope, they're not big signal. They're more nuanced, more distinguished. Shelly, what was elicited for you as you listened to that story? Cam, the thing I hear and the thing that I think is so important about the work that you and I do is the power of normalizing and what that can do for a person or in this case, for a family that now has a new way of talking about their struggles together in support of one another. Early on in my client coaching relationships, it is not uncommon for a client to answer a question I've asked in that sort of lengthy ADHD way where they are making a couple of detours to add context. And they'll wrap up and say to me, did that make any sense? And I'll say, well, yeah, I'll start picking apart their story. And I'm simultaneously letting them know I can follow those twists and turns in your story. I understand why they're there because my brain works very similarly to your brain. And the response from the client is always emotional early on the first time that happens. Oftentimes there are tears, not always, but there's always sort of a a pause and a wow. Just this moment that you can feel in the room of, okay, you do really understand me in a way that I'm not understood in the broader world. And that elevates the trust in the room. And guess what happens when we elevate the trust in the room a little bit? Is that client, even if they're not super hopeful yet all on their own, they're more willing to buy into my hope and my belief and knowledge that if they stick with this, they will be able to create the change that they're seeking to create. Lean on me for that a little bit because now there's an element of trust that wasn't there before. They're seeing that this is different than anything that they've tried before. And that becomes something to anchor to. That's great. I'm going to go back to the last couple of weeks as we've talked about, again, rejection and shame and blame and how as we walk through the world being dismissed, either willingly or not willingly, and in an inability to articulate our dilemma creates that isolation that has us operating out of our fear center, our negative neural networks. So what you said right there is to have a community, to have a place to share and not be dismissed. 
listeners, if you want to start to open the door to positive emotions, because Cam, Shelley, why are they so important? I got stuff to do. I've got a long list of things to do. Neuroscience says you can't create positive change through just negative means, negative motivation, negative emotions. Have to have some hope. We have to have some positive emotions on board to create the agency that you want to create, to move in the direction that you want to move in. Cam, I think one of the most unexpected and amazing things for me about our coaching groups is seeing this in action in a community. Because it's one thing with one-to-one coaching for me to normalize for the client or for me to even share other client experiences across my clients, sort of cross-pollinating stories as a way to normalize, to share my own experience. But it's another to have 10 people in a room who are all in the struggle, who are in the struggle in a way that you and I aren't. And not that we don't struggle, but we're not in that place anymore. We've done a lot of work to get to a new place. So putting 10 people in a room who are in their own struggle and seeing them start to realize that everyone else in the room gets it, kind of takes that first person being really vulnerable. But as soon as that happens, the whole dynamic changes. Listeners, I don't want this to sound like a pitch for our group coaching. It's not. But what I do want to say is I've had one-to-one clients who I think would benefit from this, who I think are early enough in their process, they need more normalizing. They need to be among other people who get it. They need to really see and understand and embody that they're not alone here. Who I've referred to a group coaching course for that reason because that's just a better fit for them at that time. And it's neither here nor there. I make less money on that client in a group coaching setting. And I share that simply to say that that's what's best for the client and that's what's important to Cam and I. And so we share this not to say that what you need to do is to take a group coaching course, but rather to say that finding that positive community can be a game changer. And I think the word positive is really important there as well, because ADHD communities can fall down into a negative space, one that is sort of mired in victimhood. You know, one person shares how they're feeling like a victim and everybody else sort of piles on, oh, me too, or can fall sort of the other way of the suggesting, right? Have you tried this? Have you tried this app? Have you tried this tool? Have you tried it this way? This is what works for me. And while that's well-meaning in both cases, right? In showing up for the victim and, and empathizing, giving suggestions, wanting to help, they simply do not work. And there's another one too, in the sense of the toxic positivity groups. Mm, yeah, thank you, Cam. I forgot about those. <laughs> and so it's like, you don't have a problem. You just have a superpower. And then to come in and admit you have a problem is a weakness. And so it's this all or nothing, either or. We'll either drop down a very negative place or the super positive. You have no problem. It's just a superpower and just lean into your superpower. We know that it's something more in the middle 
we're not talking about to shed all your negative emotions. Negative emotions inform. They're so important. And so it's like having full access to all of your emotions and to look at all are useful. The negative emotions, fear and anger are important emotions. But to start to open and access these other neural networks where change really occurs. And having a place to articulate your experience can be one way to do that, a really powerful way. Whether it's in a one-to-one coaching relationship, whether it's in a coaching community, whether it's in another community, like our general discord, even in our general discord, people are having these types of conversations. And Cam, I kind of want to share with listeners what we try to embody in our discord and what we teach our coaching group members right off the bat, which is how to show up for each other with curiosity. Meaning it's okay if someone else is in their pool and you can be witness to that and you can try and help them be curious and get to safety, but you don't have to get in the pool with them. And you need to try to avoid rescuing. It's not your job to save them. It's not your job to have the answer for them. And it's okay that they are where they are, even if it's an uncomfortable place. Just by sitting on the side of the pool and being present with them and acknowledging that you're listening, that is the most powerful thing that you can do. And if you can help evoke curiosity, if there's something you're curious about that you'd like to know more about, great. That's helpful too. But really that most important piece is just acknowledging and being with and letting it be okay that that person is where they are. It's okay that you're here. I don't have to jump in the pool with you. I don't have to be uncomfortable that you're in the pool. I can just be here with you as you work through this experience, as you articulate, as you start to figure out what's going on here for you. Are we talking about coaching? We're talking about group coaching and communities in our Discord. I want to go back to the letter and Sarah R. So she's not in the community, Mm -hmm. but look at what she's doing in her family. Yeah. Here she's got her dad saying, well, what would Cam and Shelly say? That is curiosity. So how do you get to that curious place? I see and we see curiosity as this door jam to hold the door open to positive emotions. And you said something really important earlier, Shelly, as we were discussing this pivot to positive emotions. You said, well, what precludes curiosity, right? How do you get to this curious mindset? And so we talked about this as you've already mentioned this cautious optimism of having hope that something can happen. Trust to come in and I think suspend those negative beliefs enough and allow for vulnerability and some trust in this process. Can I trust this? To share and not be dismissed, that normalizing aspect of to be able to share and not have immediately judged. That is so powerful. It just becomes abundant and open. We're not in that defensive crouched position. Like you're coming in, you're kind of like in that crouched defensive posture. And it's like, oh, wait, I don't have to be in this crouched waiting for the next attack or aggression. I can now breathe and be curious about this process here. So as coaches, we model curiosity from the get-go and we always point to, hey, there's a process here. Part of that process is, anchoring to a positive outcome, to imagine and envision 
what could be a positive outcome here? That's the fascinating thing, Shelley, is when we do that, it lights up the positive neural network in the brain. When we start to think about what could be the opportunity, the possibility here, the positive change, why we always stress that in our coaching, in our group coaching, and here with our listeners to imagine that positive outcome that you want to have, whether it's next month, next week, the end of the day, in the next hour. Kim, I love that you brought it back to that letter and the fact that Sarah has created community within her family to do this type of work. It doesn't have to be an online community. It can be people you already know. And I've had clients do that as well. So when we talk about normalizing or having others around that understand, you know, being in a community of people who get it, that's not just for articulating the negative or working through something, can also be standing in celebration with someone else. And so I had a client who engaged her adult daughter, who also had ADHD, in this practice of giving confetti. And the way that that worked is at any given time, one of them might text the other and say, hey, I did X, knowing that the other one would understand even if X seemed really small or really inconsequential with ADHD on board, that completion mattered. And so I did X and the response is confetti, a gif of confetti this positive accountability practice between the two of them. I did the thing and now I want my confetti. That's positive accountability. It's not, hey, I need to do the thing. So hold my feet to the fire so that I can get my confetti. It's, hey, I did the thing. Now celebrate with me. Give me my confetti. Give me that moment. And this is a different form of pause, right? We've talked about pause, disrupt, and pivot. This is a pause here where, again, we can feel so behind And it's like this, I got so much to do and I've just got to get into this mode. But this being able to pause for a moment and acknowledge a completion. This is the six C's around completion and that last bit of celebration. To celebrate where I am, just to acknowledge. And it gives your brain and the task network a moment to just breathe, pause. Then you can pivot to something different. I want to come back to our understand, own, translate and the significance of those first two. Because with Sarah and many of our new clients as they come in or new listeners, they come in, it's like, oh, all the misinformation and all the different ideas and suggestions that are out there that if you can come back to this place of, oh, I see what I'm up against. And now I see what is ADD and what is not. Distinguishing, understanding, what is the actual dilemma? It's not this full catastrophe thing. I am the mistake. It's not that shame piece. It's, oh, there's a thing, we call it, and this is what it is. And this is where I can start, a place to begin. Understand, and then the ownership thing. That's the other thing we were talking about, Shelly, right? Is that kernel of hope but also a little bit of ownership that it's like, okay, I've got some work to do. Acceptance piece. It can be so hard with ADD, right? If only I can just go back in time and right the wrongs. People, you just can't imagine how many times I had that conversation with myself that 
embarrassment, that thing that happened, it's done. All I can do is learn from it. How can I learn from this? That third barrier, the learning from this going forward. So as we finish up today, be thinking about how you can instill some hope and bring some curiosity on board. Those are our kind of gateway emotions here today, people. From that, we can foster trust and vulnerability. And we'll get into other emotions like empathy, gratitude, and love. And listeners, here's a great gut check for yourself. Are you ready to put yourself in the picture of this process in some way, even if you have no idea what that looks like? Do you recognize that you're at the helm, that you're the one who can create change or not here? Or are you still looking for someone to show you the way? Because while Cam and I are very good at what we do, there is nothing mystical or magical about our work. And our work necessarily requires that our clients are ready to be in the driver's seat. So if you're hoping that we have the answer or the way that we can throw you a life raft, I invite you to examine and reconsider that belief because we can't help from that place as much as we'd like to. There has to be a willingness to step into ownership, no matter how small, no matter how tentative. You know, I've had clients say, well, try. I'll, I'm willing to try this new way of looking at this, of putting myself in the driver's seat. And I'm willing to try and put a little trust in you. And that's where we start. And that's where I invite you to start, is be willing to try. Because I can assure you that there is nobody out there that has the right answer for you or that can quote unquote rescue you from your ADHD. And anybody who is claiming to have the ability to do so is likely selling you a bunch of snake oil. Let's be real. Love it. It's a great place to finish up today, Shell. All right. So one more time as a reminder, our next group coaching course will begin April 13th. That will be Project X. Visit the website translatingadhd.com for more information. Click on group coaching and you will find the application for that group. Otherwise, if you like what we're doing and you want to support the show, three big ways you can help us. Number one, don't keep us a secret. Share us in ADHD groups that you are already in. Share us with others who have ADHD. Again, look at our listener, Sarah, and how she was able to cultivate a family conversation using our show. So cool. Number two, leave a rating or review wherever you listen. This helps other people find the show. This also lets other people know how we're different than the other ADHD content out there. And finally... You can become a patron and financially support the show by visiting the website translatingadhd.com and clicking on the Patreon link. For $5 a month, you are helping Cam and I cover all of the costs of running this show, including our editor and our administrative assistant. This means that we will keep doing this because we are able to do it in a way that works in the context of the rest of our lives by paying for the support that we need. Thank you very much. 
It also grants you access to our Discord community, where our listeners are working together to do their own understand, own, and translate work. So until next week, I'm Shelly. I'm Cam. And this was Translating ADHD. Thanks for listening.